All About Hebrew Lesson 3, Painless Hebrew Grammar. Shalom, everyone. Welcome back to HebrewPod101.com. And congratulations to you for having the guts to click play on a grammar lesson. The word grammar seems so foreboding. Yeah, a lot of us have grammar anxiety. I know I do. Fortunately, at HebrewPod101.com, we have developed a therapy for this. Well, what we do is take all that grammar and simplify it for you. Yep, we're going to prove it to you today with a grammar head start. So let's get started. Okay, first of all, we need to let you know the good news, which is that Hebrew is very similar to English. In other words, it's an SVO language, where the sentence is structured as subject-verb-object. So if you are familiar with this basic structure, things will be easier for you. Well, nothing's that easy. It doesn't stop there. Just as English has three basic tenses, past, present, and future, so does Hebrew. The one big difference is that in Hebrew there are more conjugations of each verb. Yeah, the verb must agree in both gender and number. Let's demonstrate what we're talking about by using the most basic kind of sentence. In a normal Hebrew declarative sentence, the word order is the same as a normal English declarative sentence. Subject, verb, object. So for example, Ani lomed ivrit. I study Hebrew is precisely the same as English. Ani is I, lomed is study, and ivrit is the word for Hebrew. But that's the masculine form. I would say, Ani lomedet ivrit. Yes. In the present tense, the verb changes according to the subject. For example, when the subject is I, the conjugation of the verb differs when the speaker is a man or a woman. Okay, I guess here's where it gets a little more difficult than English. It is, but in the present tense, you only have to learn four forms of the verb conjugation. And Hebrew is very consistent, so you'll be able to apply those four forms to most other words. Right. Hebrew doesn't really have irregular verbs like in English. There are verbs that are partially irregular, but they still follow the same pattern as the regular verbs. That does make it easier. It does. And because the sentence structure is the same as in English, it makes it easier to start speaking Hebrew. I mean, think of all the things you'll be able to say right away. Let's see more examples. How about anishote te? I drink tea. Again, the same structure as in English. And I would say anishota te. And how about... Meaning, I teach Hebrew. That's a good one. My version is So you can see how easy it is to start speaking Hebrew. You can already make three sentences. I love it. Well, unfortunately, we have to get negative. What? Negating verbs. Ah, yes. Making sentences negative. Okay, this is easy too. Yes, throw that grammar book out the window. Negation occurs before the verb and any prepositional phrase. And all we have to do is add our negation word there. So, for the example we just had, you just add the negation word, lo, in front of the verb. Ani lo lomedivrit. Which means I don't study Hebrew. Okay, but we are studying Hebrew, so let's talk about something else. How about everyone's favorite irregular verb, to be... Oh, this one is so easy in Hebrew. There's absolutely nothing to learn. 
Well, at least in the present tense. So let's start by saying, I am Israeli. Ani Israeli. Did you catch that? The literal translation of what Amir just said is I Israeli. That's correct. The verb to be, lihiyot, doesn't exist in the present tense. You just put the sentence together like you normally would and leave the verb out. That's not the only thing that can disappear in Hebrew. In the past and future tenses, personal pronouns are usually not present. The subject of the sentence is understood through the verb conjugation. So unless you need specific information about the subject, using it would be redundant. Let's see our sentence that we used before. I study Hebrew to demonstrate this. In the past, that sentence would be Lamadati Ivrit. Studied Hebrew are the only two words there. The subject I is in the conjugation of the verb. The future of that would be Elmadivrit. Once again, the I is in the verb conjugation. So that gives you a little taste of what the past and future tenses sound like. So moving on. Should we talk a little bit about the root system in Hebrew? It's very interesting. Sure. Words in Hebrew are made up from three to four letter roots. The root gives the word its essence. And when the root is applied to a pattern, it determines the word's part of speech and its meaning. This often comes in handy because even if you don't know a word, you can guess its meaning by the root letters. Let's give some examples of this. A good example is the root chaf, taf, bet. The verbs that come from this root are katav, meaning to write, nichtav, meaning to be written, hichtiv, meaning to dictate, and hitkatev, meaning to correspond. The nouns, on the other hand, that come from the same root are ktav, meaning handwriting, ktiv, meaning spelling, michtav, meaning letter, and hachtava, meaning dictation. They're all related, and they all sound similar. That's brilliant. Now that we've covered word roots, let's have a closer look at gender. In English, some nouns are automatically thought of as masculine or feminine such as king, boy, queen, and girl. Everything else is referred to as it, such as pencil, dog, and so forth. In Hebrew, on the other hand, all nouns are assigned a gender. Some of them, like the words for man and woman, have an obvious classification, while other nouns that are usually thought of as it in English are classified into one of these two categories in Hebrew. Here are some examples. Masculine, yelled. Boy. Melech, king, igul, circle, feminine, yalda, girl, malka, queen, mivreshet, brush. So the question then becomes, how do you determine a noun's gender? The end of the word will give you some clues as to what gender the word is. If a noun ends in a taf or a hey, it's probably feminine. If it ends with any other letter, it's probably masculine. Now we need to know how to make those words plural because we don't just talk about one book or a book. Sometimes we have to talk about books, two books, or many books. Making a noun plural in Hebrew requires knowing its gender. Take a deep breath. It goes like this. For masculine nouns, we start with singular yeled. Meaning boy. Which becomes yeladim. Boys or children. Likewise, we have melech. Meaning king which becomes melachim, kings. Finally, igul, meaning circle, becomes igulim, circles. Well done. 
So for feminine nouns, we have yalda, meaning girl, which becomes yaladot, girls. Similarly, we have malka, meaning queen, which becomes malkot, queens. And mivreshet, meaning brush, becomes mivrashot, brushes. With most masculine nouns, we simply add a im to the end of the word. With most feminine nouns, we drop the hey or the taf at the end and add a ot. There's a special group of nouns we should mention, double nouns. Right. Nouns that come in pairs have a special plural ending, aim. For instance, if you take the word for leg, regel, it becomes reglaim in the plural. And nal, shoe, becomes naalaim, and so forth. Now let's look at articles. The is the definite article in English, while in Hebrew the definite article is actually a prefix. You just add ha to the beginning of a word, and voila, you have a definite article. So adding a definite article to the nouns that we were just using would sound like this. Ha-yeled, meaning the boy. Ha-yalda, meaning the girl. Ha-yeladim, meaning the boys or the children. There must be more than that, right? Of course. We also have indefinite articles. The English ones are a and an, depending on the vowel sound. The Hebrew ones are... Don't tell me. They don't exist again, right? That's right. They're just implied. When you say yeled, it's understood that you're talking about a boy. Wow, you Israelis are all about saving your breath. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty resourceful as a language. We're missing a bit of color in our grammar study, don't you think? And by color, I mean adjectives. I agree. If you want to make your Hebrew more colorful, you can add adjectives. Adjectives need to agree with a noun they are modifying both in gender and in number. Luckily, they basically use the same endings as nouns do. This is what our nouns sound like when we make them more colorful. Cheryl, would you like to do the honor? Sure. Let's use the word gadol, which means big. The masculine singular is yeled gadol, or big boy. The feminine singular is yaldagdola, or big girl. The masculine plural is yeladim gdolim, which can mean either big boys or big children. The feminine plural is yeladot gdolot, or big girls. The placement of the adjective is different from English. The adjective follows the noun instead of coming before it. That wasn't so tough. Hebrew uses those four endings all throughout the language. That was an enlightening shot of grammar. We promised painless, and I think we delivered. <laughs> yeah. Remember that this is your head start on Hebrew grammar. Keep up with HebrewPod101.com for more lessons that will teach you Hebrew in a way you want to learn it. Painlessly. Thanks for listening. Bye. Litaot.